0: hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him, Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and ground and Lord of all. So Welcome everybody to the Tag Your It podcast. I'm Ray Ray.
1: And I'm David Van Becker.
0: And this is a special episode, so if you uh, noticed, this uh, definitely came up on a, uh, I'm guessing uh, we posted this on Wednesday. Anyway, we wanted to uh, hit something really quick, so we are joined um, with two uh, fellow abolitionist brothers. Um, they're in Kansas with Dave. Um, you know that uh, Dave is a part of the Missouri Baptist or the Abolish Abortion Missouri. He's also in Kansas, and he knows these guys. So guys, introduce yourselves real quick.
2: So I'm Stu MacArthur.
3: I'm, uh, I'm Jared Burdick. I'm one of the leaders of AIMKS here in Kansas.
0: Yes, and so where we have Abolish Abortion Missouri, um, things like uh, uh, the, uh, or I guess the MBAA, the Missouri Baptist for Abolishing Abortion, this is AIM-Kansas. And so um, we, we are here to talk about some issues that exploded over Twitter the past couple of days. Um, and really, we want to deal with the issue where um, if you're in the know, you'll get in the know, where Bart Barber takes AIM- at aim in kansas um especially when it comes to uh what we already talked about on the show um with kevin myers um earlier over the summer about value them both and the abolitionists so dave uh you're the one that brought this together thank you guys for coming on such short notice and giving your time and letting us uh uh, listen to you guys in kansas that are in the know about this uh, so that we can clarify these things and hopefully um just get the news out there throw it out there so that people can hear it and then they can go oh this is what's going on this is the the debate so uh, thank you again for your time in this
1: before we yeah, jump into you, yeah thank you guys so much before we jump into the actual dealing with the Um, Twitter post that was done by the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, Barb Barber. There are two things that I want to make sure that we recognize that really set the context for this. Actually, uh, there's three, and I want to make sure that we get those. And As I was coming up, my head reminded me of one other little thing there. So the one thing that I want to make sure that we recognize is in the speech that was given at the Southern Baptist Convention in Anaheim, It was stated by Matt Hensley that Bart Barber was the most pro life candidate up there, that he always supported all pro life causes. That's great. Now, here is the other little issue that we're also dealing with. When that occurred, there was likewise at the Southern Baptist Annual Meeting a resolution that was going to be voted on, but it was rejected by the committee. And the idea was to recognize that. All humans, uh, all human beings, the pre born specifically, deserve uh, recognition of equal protection under the law. That resolution did not see the light of day. In fact, strategically, time was spent and the uh, actions were made to prevent it from being pulled out of the committee. This is clearly done. They changed the order of business so that, unlike 2021, when the Abolition of abortion resolution was pulled out of committee and voted on. The committee didn't want that to happen again. So there's the two major things in the context. Now, the third little piece here before we get into the tweet is this. In the state of Kansas here in August, there was a vote for the value of them both amendment. We did spend some time on a previous episode where we do- dealt with that with Josh Eaton speaking about the Basically, what's happening there in the value of them both amendment was that they were rewriting the Bill of Rights in the state of Kansas, and they Mm -hmm. were actually giving women the right to the constitutional right to abortion. And so those are some of the precursors to set this context. So, Adam, if you don't mind, go ahead and pull up that tweet and let's um, just allow Stu and Jared uh, a little bit of time to respond to what Barbara said. And let's go with the original that, post. Yeah,
3: one, go for it. So another just great point of context you need to be aware of is that the main uh, other candidate for election of the SBC president that uh, Barbara ran against was Tom Askell. And uh, he is an abolitionist. And at that time, yeah. he wasn't using as much of the abolitionist language as as we are now. But he certainly supported all of our efforts and he was a supporter of our resolution. And since then, um, since the election, he has become a lot more abolitionist in his terminology and his articles he's written. Um, and so I think that also him being you know, one of the leaders of the Southern Baptist Convention, probably seen as the more uh, the biggest heavy hitter in the more conservative arm of the Southern Baptist Convention. I think that's also probably stoked some of the flames of why maybe this is coming up now. Um, but I yeah. just wanted to make sure people are kind of aware of that's also something that's going on in the background as well yeah, yeah, we
0: get we definitely yeah. have to have that historical context that's great. Uh, going it on. Of majorly.
1: have one here. So last week it was announced that Brent Leatherwood was elected to be president of the Ethics and Religious Liberties uh, Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. That is essentially the arm of the Southern Baptist Convention that oversees policy. It makes policy statements. They serve as lobbyists for the Southern Baptist Convention. And so they are deeply entrenched in the pro-life movement. Um, I will state they have attempted— for years to fight for the preborn, however, they've done so incrementally. And what we've done is we've said that there is a paradigm shift that is taking place that necessitates no longer a regulation of murder, but the end of the murder of the preborn. So, with that said, Adam, unless Stu, if you had something there, I I know we're being a little more informal. So, if you had something that you needed to to add in or share, I think that is a great time for that.
2: Well, just to add to the context of the you know. Um, appointment of Brent Underwood, or Leatherwood rather. Yes. Um, that was, I always say Underwood. I don't know why, but Brent <laughs> Leatherwood. House of Cards. Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know that that uh, letter, that open letter signed um, by the ERLC along with 75 other leading pro-life organizations, was just a travesty of justice. Um, uh, and just a little background on myself. I mean, I'm a retired FBI agent. I was a FBI agent for a little over 23 years. About uh, five years into my career, I became a Christian. And um, just the, 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 the concept of establishing justice is just something that's just been in my DNA even before Christ. And now you add to that the spirit of God. And mm-hmm. the teaching of the word, and this is just what propels me in the abolition movement. I've only been an abolitionist now for maybe a year, but I guess it's just kind of a discovery. and you you look back on your life and realize these concepts always made sense to me. but it was when when I started to study it that it became alive. And so to have that letter um, go out there that that pretty much just killed the bill of abolition in uh, Louisiana. And then to have it defended on the dais of the uh, convention was just really, it it is sin. That Mm -hmm. letter is sin. I mean, um, God's word says that um, unequal weights and unequal measures are an abomination to the Mm -hmm. Lord. It it says um, he who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the righteous are both an abomination to the Lord. And so that uh letter that that approach just um denies justice to the preborn, um and it, it it creates a whole special category of murderer the mother herself and that itself denies her the gospel by treating her like a victim rather yeah. than giving her the gospel she needs yeah.
0: Yeah. understand that. Thank you so much uh, for that. that's a wonderful testimony. And it's, we, all of us abolitionists are there we've had to repent and that's why uh, there's the big mantra um, just going around the abolitionist thing. We're calling you to repent with us. So it's not that we're taking the higher road. Um, we're not trying to do anything like that. No, we're saying like, no, we have, we have believed this too. Um, We just went along with everybody else too. And then wait a second, we got into the word and it's like, wow. We, so we're taking the guilt and the shame too, that we need to take. And so we're just going, repent with us. We're not sitting out on our high horse going like, look at you evil people. It's like, no, we've all been evil in this. This is a scourge in our land. It's an abomination. We know God hates it. We know God hates the way we've tried to get rid of this. Um, we need to be done and we need to do it his way and let God have the results, not try to force the results through, uh, iniquitous means. And that's where the debate lies. So, um, with that said, I'll bring up the, uh, Twitter page anyway, uh, at least the conversation with Bart Barber. So this happened about four days ago. Um, and so he's, he spent a couple of days. So we'll start, uh, with day one. And this is a, a tweet in response, uh, to dusty Devers. We've had him on the podcast too. Um, He's also coming to the uh, Go There for Abolish Abortion Conference in uh, Springfield, Missouri on October 15th. That's a quick plug. Anyway, but, yeah, he uh, tweeted. So he's he tweeted in response to the fact that Leatherwood um, has now become not the interim president anymore, but the president of the ERLC. And so he made a, a tweet. He tweeted on Twitter uh, September 14th. It says in Louisiana this spring and at at, at SBC annual meeting this summer. Brent Leatherwood cited against the innocent preborn. Now he leads the ethics and policy arm of the SBC. We glory in our shame. And so like we said, um, we had this abolition thing going on in Louisiana. It was getting lots and lots and lots of traction. And then all of a sudden we have a, our brothers going, don't do it. And this is what, this is kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. Kabosh, okay, and this. So this is why there's the hurt, there's the pain. It's coming out. It's the truth too. It's what happened. So that's what Dusty Devers is doing. And then now we've got Bart Barber. He uh, utilized that in this. Uh, a, a, yeah, go for it.
3: it's really, really important to know uh, the importance of what happened in Louisiana. So mm-hmm. we've had, uh, at this point, I think over 20 states that we've had at least someone sponsoring or willing to support an abolition bill. And this is the first time it ever came out of committee. It even passed committee, even though it's been primarily in uh, major pro-life majority states that these bills have been in. They still can't get through pro-life committees. And so this one got through the committee and it made it to the floor for the actual debate. So this is the only time an abolition bill has made it to. Uh, a floor for debate in pro-life majority states.
0: Yeah, and the same thing happened and in Missouri because we've had ours and we had five people that would have voted out of committee and it was Senator Bill White, your pro-life Republican senator, that was chairman of that committee and he didn't even let it come to a vote even though he, yeah. I was lied to by a secretary saying it's not in a, in a uh, situation or it's not in a uh, in a language that will pass out of the committee and I just told him I know better like I literally know better You know, so this is what's happening. So in Louisiana, this is a historical thing going like this actually cleared committee. And then again, the paper, the letter comes, don't do it. Okay, we're not going to do it. And this is how powerful an entity we have. This is how powerful the SBC has their voices are very powerful and we can utilize this for good and and to the ends that we want to use them for, but it didn't happen. And so that's again, why he tweeted that. And so then we have Bart Barber, which is the new president of the SBC, um, voted in Anaheim. And, uh, he says this tweet represents the lowest point of dishonesty to which we can descend when we sell out to the crass tone of secular politics, instead of following the way of Christ. That is an accusation.
2: Dusty is speaking the truth about what Mm -hmm. um, Leatherwood did and what that letter said, and you know what the leadership of the Southern Baptist Convention ought to be saying is yes, if you really fulfill the royal law of the Scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. So Mm -hmm. signing that letter is showing partiality. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. there's no there. This this is the issue. There is no leadership um, from pastors across this country and clearly from their leaders in a convention as powerful as the Southern Baptist Convention, which I love. I am in a Southern Baptist Convention Church. I love um, my church, I love uh, the tenets of the church. But that.
1: And I believe all of us are yeah. members mm-hmm. of Southern Baptist yeah. churches. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm so blessed to work for a Southern Baptist entity. So yeah. we have a deep desire to see the Southern Baptists succeed. We mm-hmm. have a deep desire to leverage the abilities that God has given us to use the political means that we have for his glory. And mm-hmm. that is the exact opposite of what Leatherwood did here. And he represented a denomination who had already stated unequivocally in 2021 that we were going to fight for the abolition of abortion. So he went against the messengers in 2021 in making this decision.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so he, he's going to get into that uh, history part since 1980 anyway, because we got to recognize our shame prior to that was we actually went really with it (laughs) we the southern baptist really went with it yes and uh that was actually stated that's been stated in clear air and convention talk anyway too but we have to remember it's there we can't forget about it um and he does get into the history so i mean the arbitrary line here is since 1980 is what he what he utilizes but you know he says uh is attacking the consistent pro-life position of the Southern Baptist convention as represented by more 20 resolutions adopted over the span of 40 years. And, and then here's, he gives them specific details, but this is the deal. Um, last year, uh, prior to Anaheim. So in Nashville, um, it's the abolitionists that got the resolution and we, that, that resolution made you repent of incrementalism. Now there was the word alone that was added, which looks like a typo if you don't know the historic, sure nature of what's going on here, but say we wouldn't adopt abolitionism alone. Um, But the thing is the rest of the document says that incrementalism is a sin and that we are as Baptists saying we repent. Mm -hmm. So, Again, there there has been – this is my issue with resolutions that I kind of pointed out. There is no stare decisis, right? That one didn't set up a precedent to, for then. In Anaheim, they, the resolutions committee would see like, well, we said this last year. The URLC is coming with this new resolution, and it's against this one. So this is where, we're, where we've been. This one goes out. Hey, there's this equal protection one that was sent in. This one fits right in line with what we said last year. There's no stare decisis. That's the problem. So it becomes a – Year to year, whitewash tomb, uh, just piety speak is all we're doing with them. We're not really doing it. But what we did do is we taught a room of thousands of people about abolition. So that's why we keep on doing what we're doing. But, you know, so he's saying it's the consistent position. He's saying that, um, you know, since 1980, we've considered we've said that uh, abortion should be illegal unless the life of the mother would be in peril if the pregnancy were to continue, such as in the case of ectopic pregnancy. we have we're still considering this ignorance right like Mm -hmm. we're not calling ectopic pregnancy abortion right so he's still propagating that here go for
2: it uh, you know bradley pierce uh from the foundation to abolish abortion down in texas brilliant constitutional lawyer helped craft many of these abolition bills that jared referred to he replied to um barber and said in every abolition bill that he's been involved in there are there are sections in there that that, or that refer you back to the homicide laws themselves Mm -hmm. but things that say things specifically any medical practitioner attempting to save the life of a pregnant patient which attempt results in the unintended death of an unborn human being shall not be found guilty of violating the provisions of this chapter yeah so yeah it's just a category Error And in my replies to him, I was trying to be kind and say, it really seems like you do not know what you're talking about. And I I consider that a loving comment in the sense that if you do know what you're talking about, then you are bearing false witness, number one. And number two, you are going against the word of God. He Mm -hmm. hopefully just has not ever looked at the word of God in this lens. But leaders in churches need to start. Yeah.
3: It's also really important to note uh, from the get-go when we start defining terms. So he starts off the bat by saying since 1980, we've called Mm -hmm. for abortion to be illegal. We Mm -hmm. really need to break down what they mean by that um, because Mm -hmm. they've never called for the same Mm -hmm. laws to apply to it. They've never called for homicide or murder laws to apply to abortion Mm -hmm. because you can't. Upon their entire position, their entire position is that women are victims. Now, most people I think listening are probably familiar with the letter that we've referenced, but I'm just going to read exactly what they said in that.
0: Go for it. Thank you.
3: Resolutions are one thing. We can get together in the National national Convention and sign these resolutions and I'll vote on them. When they actually send a letter which changes what policy will be passed, that really tells you where we're actually at. And it states, as a national and state pro-life organization representing tens of millions of pro-life men, women, and children across the country, let us be clear. We state unequivocally that we do not support any measure seeking to criminalize or punish women and we stand Mm -hmm. firmly opposed to include such penalties in legislation and again if people aren't familiar with it there's a few major reasons that's gonna that matters obviously first of all it's unequal justice you're showing partiality Mm -hmm. there are women who are not stupid Mm -hmm. um there might be that very few uh minority that maybe are being you know pushed to do this or forced to do this um but that is i mean that's less than like two percent, or less than a tenth of a percent of all abortions that we know of, right? And the homicide, bill, and the homicide laws would address that exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. everything's exactly. already in place, and that's that's the thing is uh, what I'm what I'm gathering from that. It's just like you don't like that way. Yeah. The thing is, is it it's there and it would work. Um, but again, like what I what I was referencing earlier, it's like we've got to constantly add this language here and that language there, we can't utilize something that's what we already have. We've, we've got to rewrite it again and it just becomes cumbersome lawmaking whenever we're just sitting here. We've already have that. We don't, that's, that's something we don't need to address and we can spend our time in other ways. We can write other things and, and expand and clarify even more because we're not dealing with what we, like we're not fighting over here. We're here. And so it's, it's almost like you don't like the way we're doing it. But we're going to end up doing the same thing. <laughs> it just becomes a very convoluted mess. It's more on what we like. But the issue is, is whenever you say you make abortion illegal, they want the abortionist to face fines and jail time. They want, um, they don't want the person driving the car. They might want the guy that might be involved because it does take two, um, to, to make a a baby. And we know that from scripture and, uh, and all that, but they, they don't want the woman. So they, they don't want women that are right now going to Walgreens and getting on TikTok going, I'm killing a baby. And then they take the pill and they just want to not know that they're, they're victims. They're victims yeah. of some that's system. A, yeah, at the right second time, we're decrying CRT. It's, yeah, it's a, we're we're a whole convoluted mess, but, you know, and that's a different show. <laughs> but, It's important for
3: you know, to know that over 50% of abortions right now are self-performed DIY medical abortions that are done in the first trimester. Yeah. You can, under every resolution that he's referencing and every policy decision that entities like the ERLC have established and supported, under every single one of them, those women can still walk into Walmart or Walgreens or mm. whatever pharmacies they want
0: 50 bucks
3: they want, take those and murder their children up to 12 weeks old right. under every yeah. single one of those policies they those can do exemptions
2: that. those exemptions create the right mm-hmm. to a DIY um, yeah. DIY abortion yeah um, it, it, ironically those those incremental pro life laws should be called pro choice laws because yeah they
0: arbitrarily allow, yeah you know, arbitrary.
2: arbitrary the
3: mother but it's so clear that that's what they are yes yeah. different colored pro-choice law
0: yeah and so i'm going to try to see if we can skip down because it's basically you know saying like we've done this we've done this so we've got the uh, look at us uh, rick warren stuff going on here
2: like amen these. amen for the for the pregnancy centers i mean amen <laughs> yeah. for that yeah, yeah.
1: I do and want to funny. scroll down just a little bit, Adam, because I do want to go, I do want to discuss this. This is the only pro-life approach that has actually saved yeah. babies at yeah. all. And right after that, he takes aim at aim. But here's what I yes. want to note. With that said, there's two sides of the same point. It is the only approach that has regulated the murder of preborn children and celebrated itself and patted itself on the back for doing so. Every yeah. one of these as Stu has stated has yes, okay, great. It has saved some lives. But what you've done is you've legalized murder to a specific person. Bart, yeah. you know that that is what it's doing. That is doing. We've had these conversations. You have chosen not to listen and still clap your hands and pat yourself on the back for advocating for the regulating of murdering children. That's not something that makes God happy.
2: The claims claims that these pro-life approaches actually save babies, I think is a spurious claim anyway. Mm. What all it does is um, change the checklist. (laughs) You know, if you you, you can't kill your baby um, after 20 weeks, okay. I'll kill the baby before that. Now move the mm-hmm. check, checklist back to 15 weeks to when they can feel pain to the heartbeat. It's just moving the checklist to yeah, when, yeah. and telling it is telling the culture this is when you are allowed. To murder a human being, which is not just
0: it is. Well, ultimately, it It says that you're saved by works. And this is a constant drumbeat on my show. What are we teaching? Okay, if we are to go, therefore, and teach to observe all the commands of Christ, are we teaching salvation by law? And I am. a a self-professed theonomist okay this is something that i get hit all the time you're a theonomist you're you're saying that we are going to save things through law and i'm saying here no the law doesn't save and we need to stop teaching it and so these laws don't i want you to prove to me that your law actually saved one life that's the thing and so we're not here going law saves we're saying we need to do justice whenever something of injustice is done
2: but, <laughs> pray, but praise yeah. God for law, yeah. for his law yeah. and for godly laws made by men, because they do two things. Yeah, it It is a schoolmaster. It points you towards the cross. It yes, sir. shows you, you are in sin. You need Jesus. You must repent. But the other thing it does for the unrepentant is that it is a deterrent. And there are countless... I don't have figures in front of me. Jared may know this off the top of his head, but there are studies where they have asked post-abortive women, and I know one. Yeah. Would you have done this if it was if it was if it meant um, criminal sanctions? And the answer is always no. I wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know the parents are going That's... through a checklist in their mind, the pros and cons of what they're about to do. Add to that, I'll go to jail. It might be enough. It is enough. I know this from being in the FBI to defer yeah. some. Yeah. Now there, there will always be crime. There will always be yeah. murder, but this would take care of many more babies than any so-called pro-life approach.
0: That yeah, exactly. But, yeah. yeah. But then it would be, but yeah, again, we're also teaching again is just like, are we going to teach um, the gospel and, and, and put it in the right jurisdiction with the keys, which is the church under Mm -hmm. christ are we are we going to do the other thing going like hey we're just we're going to save babies by laws because laws but then we're going to preach on sunday you can't be saved by any laws you can't save and so this is a a street to pulpit contradiction that's going on and no wonder people are confused like what do you believe you know what are we what are we teaching with our actions the world is watching that's another sbc thing the world is watching what are we teaching they, they don't have to like what we're teaching but we just need to make sure that it's consistent with scripture and we suffer for the sake of christ not as a murderer we're not supposed to suffer as a murderer and that's what we're doing we are suffering as murderers not christians um in that but yeah go ahead it looks like uh dave's got uh Got some eyes on something there.
1: Go for it, Jared. And then we've got this yeah. uh, demonstration yeah. of Barber's ignorance, ignorance yeah. from value them both.
3: Yeah, I just wanted to state real quick. Um, it's important to know, like, when we when we look at the incremental approach, it's just moving the goalposts back. And there, mm-hmm. there is no goalposts um, in regards to sin, right? It's mm-hmm. none of it. It's, yeah. it's absolute atonement by the blood of Jesus Christ, and it is only by his grace— Uh, that we're saved into that and we can continue to live our lives, even as regenerate people, as he continues to sanctify us. And so when we start to look at, hey, does it need to be 15 weeks or a heartbeat or only in certain cases or certain exceptions, you're still not getting at the root of the problem. The root of the problem is that uh, in regards to abortion, we we live in a society today that loves sexual immorality. That's a specific sin root problem that we have, and Mm -hmm. we don't want to address that. And we don't want to address that in our evangelical churches today because we have so much going on in our churches, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just that's this is where um, you know it comes. I mean, there's so many more things that that come around this, and you're not going to fix it. You're not going to put a band-aid on it by by passing a 15-week ban. It doesn't matter how mm-hmm. many lives may be at a certain time saved because of that. There's probably going to be a few babies. Maybe there's a few appointments that were supposed to be made that day, and now those appointments can't be made, right? Yeah. But, all for the next, but now you've set a new precedent that says to your society, okay, I don't want to have kids because I don't want the responsibility of raising them. And so if I'm pregnant, I'm just going to get rid of it if it hasn't pa- passed that timeline. And if I'm not pregnant yet, then I'm never going to get pregnant or I'm always going to use abortifacient contraceptives. And mm. what does that do? The goal isn't not to not have kids that are killed. The goal is that we are raising Christian families and having mm-hmm. Christian children, right? That's the mm-hmm. goal as a society. It isn't that we want to have uh, no kids so that they can't be aborted. The goal is that our entire society has a Christian perspective on this, and that our, our people that are having children are actually having a lot of children and raising them up in the ways of the Lord. But that doesn't – you cannot get there by slapping a Band-Aid on it, and that's all yeah. we're doing and we pat ourselves on the back for it, saying we saved some lives doing so. Meanwhile, the world looks at goes and laughs, and they find a way around it, and they continue to dive deeper into their sin. And that's yeah. why it's not just about saving lives, it's not just about having different laws, it's about doing God's will, doing justice, regardless of what it looks like, regardless mm-hmm. of what outcome we think we're going to have. It's just God's way. And you can't yeah. just leave it alone to just one area. If, if the only thing you major on in your Christian life is as abolitionism, you're missing the point. It's all yeah. the counsel mm-hmm. of God. It's, mm-hmm. it's the entire mm-hmm. mandate to spread all of his word, all of his law. And that's just where we become, this is the fruit of, or the cause of why we get to this incremental approach, is we really don't believe that we need to stand upon the entire counsel of God.
0: Mm. Yeah. And so we Amen. start to
3: branch out and pick at one little thing that we think we can be successful at, and we start yeah. to measure that somehow. And then we start creating arbitrary ways to measure that, like whether or not a 15-week-old baby is more important than a 14-week-old baby, right?
2: Mm-hmm. And so
3: all of these things just becomes a disaster that you don't get from God's Word, we've thrown everything out and, and this is why yeah. we just I mean, it takes reformation it takes revival it takes an entire holistic change upon our approach there's a lot of the things that go into that but there's there's so yeah. much more to this than just trying to say well we're trying to save babies and you're not and i'd also yeah. like to point out if you go to most mill ministries most ministries of people who are on the sidewalks and are seeing babies saved that was, those are the abolitionists Because the pro-life crisis pregnancy centers, they won't go out there and preach the gospel Mm -hmm. and hold signs. They won't do it. And they're the ones
0: actually saving. They're the ones grabbing them from destruction, as the Proverbs tell us to.
3: And, uh, you know,
0: it's a wonderful thing.
2: The simplest way to look at it is abortion is sin. Abortion is murder. The only solution to sin is the gospel. And that's Mm -hmm. what we do out at the mill is preach the gospel. Yeah, yeah. and and, and offer uh, you know to provide care and the like, but it's yeah. first to preach the gospel, to to pray and to plead for God's glory.
0: Yeah, exactly. yeah, And so I know, yeah, we're coming up on, uh, just some time here. Um, but, uh, you know, there's one issue that I see, like, there it's really funny how there the pro-life side is usually, and at least what Bart says that it's pro-life that toppled row, not abolition, that toppled row. And I just, you know, before we get into the aim stuff that we really need to get into, you know, it's just one of those things, whenever you disallow a position and you politically push it out, it's really easy for you to say you're the winner. Whenever you, again, People like Brent Leatherwood can write letters saying stop, and then mm-hmm. stops. Yeah. So you can you can take credit. To
3: not, but you can yeah, to fight.
0: yeah. And, but that was totally a power move. So the reason why abolition didn't topple Roe, well, for one, we didn't want to topple Roe. We could have ignored it. So we didn't even have to look at it. So that's, again, we weren't looking at Roe. We were just looking at our states going, you can ignore it. Let's do it here. Let's do it here. Let's do it here. So it's actually um you know you, you killed your competition you're you're uh, InBev budweiser trying to kill out all the other companies and you're doing a really good job at it but you cannot take pro life and say look it's only pro life that uh, that toppled row no no it did not and so yeah so i just wanted to make sure because that's on the screen and people are seeing it, and that is a big issue that i take issue with um in in the line of reasoning with bart barber but yeah let's get into the aim stuff dave uh, i know that you've uh, got sort of some questions that you want to ask uh, and get into uh, this uh, this whole value of them both charge
1: so you can see what is there on the screen but those you here listening on the podcast barber states this in his treat in his tweet thread and now post dobbs the abolition the abolitionism movement that Dever favors is at work opposing pro life legislation like the value of them both amendment in Kansas not con- not content just to accomplish nothing this movement works against accomplishing accomplishment by others so does this movement accomplish nothing Stu and Jared
3: oh absolutely not i uh, i had a uh, a town hall meeting with two pro life legislators and two pro choice legislators in Leavenworth uh, a couple months ago right before the election and i was asked this question afterwards um, why why should we support the abolition movement because we've never seen an abolition bill pass yet and that is true um and and i love that question because you get to respond by saying okay are we biblical and if we're biblical um then you need to go back and start to study the the ministries of the prophets and start to look at what kind of success you might think they have had and start to realize that success doesn't look the way we think it does Okay, Isaiah ministered his entire lifetime, right? And one of the issues he dealt with was child sacrifice, right? The two, Manasseh and Ahaz, they both sacrificed their own sons. These are mm-hmm. these are kings of Judah, right? God's people, and they sacrificed their own sons. And most likely, we don't know from Scripture, but tradition tells us that it was Manasseh that had that had Isaiah sawed in half. And I bet one of the main reasons was because Isaiah went to him and said, stop this, just like he did mm-hmm. in other places. Mm-hmm. But he ministered his entire life, 60, 70 years, his entire life, right? Five or six different kings of Judah, and he still didn't see repentance. So what does that look like to us? What? How are we measuring success? And this is where it gets really dangerous for us. It's not our job to measure success this way. Our mm-hmm. job is to be faithful. We leave the results up to God. So we're just we're here to do our job. I don't mm-hmm. know when God's providence he's going to abolish abortion. I don't know exactly how he's going to do it. He could either do it by establishing justice and granting repentance, or he could do it by, like he did to the is- Judah at that time, by sending them into captivity. One mm-hmm. way or another, the sins of our nation this way are going to end because Jesus Christ is on his throne. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what eschatological viewpoint you have in that. This is God. Mm-hmm. He doesn't mm-hmm. lose. And
1: so mm-hmm.
3: when we start to look at like the types of success we have and why you would want to back someone who supposedly looks like they're doing nothing— you need to look at what's happening. Is the gospel being preached faithfully? Mm. If we're not doing that, then raise that charge. Are we not being biblical? I think we are. If we're not doing that, then raise that charge. But yeah. that's not the charge yeah. that these people are raising. The charge that they're raising is that we're not successful enough for them. Mm. And that's probably yeah. I mean, that's, that's pure pragmatism. And so what yeah. we've done is we've sacrificed the providence of God, faithfulness in His providence, for trusting in our own pragmatism. That's that is so far away from any orthodox view of our trust in God, it's embarrassing. This is not yeah. our position. It's not our job to try to figure out how we're going to do it in our own power. We're obedient to it. And mm-hmm. the, part of the reason we've come to this position—I'll I'll, give it over to you guys in just a second. Part of the reason we've come to this position is because we've got this idea kind of from some of the pro-life uh, apologists that we've had over the years, like Scott Klusendorf, who famously said when he was asked, well, why aren't we doing some of these things in a little bit more of a biblical manner? His response was, well, uh, I don't look to the Bible to how to fly an airplane. You know, mm-hmm. we got this idea that the Bible doesn't apply to things today. Hmm. It's so ridiculous. We have so much specific scripture concerning child sacrifice. The issue is we don't want to believe abortion is child sacrifice, but it lays it out very plain and simple. And so mm-hmm. yeah. the reason we're not wanting, they're not wanting to charge us with those accusations is because they're not true. They can't charge us with it being unbiblical in yeah. our approach. They're just right. going to charge us with not seeing enough results. And yeah. Yeah. That. You, How could and, you charge Isaiah with that? How could you charge uh, any of the other prophets with that? How could you charge Daniel with that? I mean, how are you going to look at them and say you're not successful enough?
0: Well, it's one of those that. things. Does your church, every time you preach the gospel, does your church grant, gain 3,000 members?
3: Yeah. <laughs> and how did those
0: 3,000 members in one day come? Was it because, like, yes, the gospel was preached, but what was the deal? Is God? again, your your soteriology is a major factor in that. But it was all of God that sent the you know through the through the Holy Spirit had these people preaching the gospel and 3000 came. So if you, again, that's, that's a successful number. So if you're not bringing 3000 people a Sunday, because you preach the gospel, guess what? You're not successful. So apparently, you know, you're not going to like that. So you're going to have to go, well, no, no, God gives the results. Okay. Now, doesn't God give the results and everything else. And that's what we need to keep. um, in and equality, at least equal scales there too.
2: And and to Jared's point, uh, I was just going to say, and to Jared's point, we're called to be faithful. Yeah. Well, values in both was calling for the regulation of abortion. So substitute yeah. it literally says that as in the title. The title. Of yeah.
3: The let Senate. me read this
0: real quick, <laughs> and I, I've got a couple of questions for you guys to to clarify. But uh, so here's the deal: they were going to amend the Constitution of Kansas. This is a big deal. They're going to amend the Bill of Rights of the Constitution of the State of Kansas. Okay, and they're going to say. So this is uh, section 22, regulation of abortion, because Kansans value both women and children. The Constitution of the state of Kansas does not require government funding of abortion and does not create a secure right to abortion to the end. Yeah.
2: sorry to interrupt, but if you put a yeah. period right there, I'll vote for it tomorrow.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then you so but it goes on to say to the extent permitted by the Constitution of the United States. So it's defaulting to um, Roe if it were still. But then again, that's not in the Constitution of the United States. That was a Again, that was a row issue. Um, So to the extent of that, um, then it says the people through their, so the Constitution and the people through their elected state representatives and state senators may pass laws regarding abortion, including but not limited to laws that account for circumstances of pregnancy resulting from rape or incest or circumstances of necessity to save the life of the mother. And so whenever I went to this website to look at it, again, uh, we've talked about it before, um, but it says here that a vote for the value of them both amendment would reserve the right to the people of Kansas through their elected state legislators the right to pass laws to regulate abortion because what there is no what it says there already before you vote on this it says that there is no uh, constitutional right to abortion in Kansas so prior to voting for this there was no right in Kansas right and then but if you, if you vote against it it says um, if you it would make no changes to the constitution, which has no right in it. Right. So it wouldn't change the constitution and could prevent the people through their elected state re- legislators from regulating abortion in any circumstances. And so well, what are they really about here?
2: Well, and so we we, you know, in our modern day culture, have just turned the word murder into a euphemism called abortion. But if you mm-hmm. use the word murder, because, as Jared' uh, organization says, abortion is murder. You put that word, regulation of murder, into that into that amendment or any other sin or crime. That is that is not a faithful response to yeah. sin. To mm. allow for the regulation of sin. Um, you know, we talked about immediacy earlier. Jesus said, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. That sounds pretty immediate to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then There's, to be faithful, yeah. the faithful responses, and Jared commented on Isaiah's ministry, you know, God said through him, when they were sacrificing their, their babies um, and practicing sodomy, et cetera, remove the evil of your deeds from before my Cease uh, mm-hmm. to do evil. That amendment is sin because it's, ignores that command yeah yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. It's like just like you said yeah imagine replacing the word abortion with rape there's no yeah. right to rape someone therefore we must pass an amendment saying that we have the right to pass laws regulating when you can rape someone mm-hmm. it's insane it right? is right? yeah. one in their right mind would ever write that but it's, yeah. it's do not believe the pro-life movement does not believe that abortion is actually murder and should be treated as homicide they do not believe it yeah. For Life, which is our biggest log, our pro-life lobby here, our big pro-life pack here, also signed that letter that Brent Leatherwood signed with the ERLC to kill the yeah. bill in Louisiana. So we are, we have the same thing here. They do not believe that women should be criminalized in any capacity, and so you create this legal, this insane legal gray area where because you've done that, you now are saying that that women have a right to murder somebody somehow. Yeah. They have yeah. A right to murder someone with impunity. Yeah. And now So for a, a new person, because that yeah. preborn child isn't a full person now, and that mm. you can't do that. There's no legal mm. way for you to ratify all of that. It's it's just an yeah. entire contradiction.
0: Yeah. So for clarity's sake, so Kansas in their constitution before this, there was no found right yeah. for abortion. Okay. So they're voting to then. Okay, you vote yes. Okay, then that gives us the chance to then via the means to regulate. Abortion, okay, and I say and if you vote against it, then that leaves the Constitution again that has no nothing nothing right in there. It doesn't give you the right to abortion, but it says that there was a, a newly recognized right in 2019. So the document is confusing to read, especially if somebody's not in Kansas. So there's this, and I remember us talking about it. So there's some court case or whatever. So we had a court case somehow, like like Roe, that got we got rid of Roe. So instead of doing this value them both thing, they give you right to re- Why aren't you fighting against the decision?
3: Yeah. Challenge
0: it. Like you already yeah. challenged the decision nationally. Back- Why aren't back- you spending back- your time going? No, there was, there has never been a right in our constitution, in the state of Kansas. And once Roe goes away that you yeah. want to bow down to in this value, them both um, yeah. you're, you're already challenging somebody that said, well, we found a right in Kansas, even though it's not in there, we found one and you're saying, no, you didn't. And you the could have spent called, all your time. Yeah, and so ca- this the is case, the problem.
2: Yeah, the case is called Hodes and Nasser versus State of Kansas, whatever. Yeah. And that needs to be ignored by the legislators, just like Roe yeah. should have been ignored because there is no constitutional right to abortion. And then, yeah. ironically, so, they use the very paragraph in the Bill of Rights about the equal justice and the right to life and the pursuit of happiness to argue that well people just want to be happy so they can have an abortion. I I just yeah. so well, people, uh,
0: people have a right to be happy so I guess I don't have a I guess yeah. I could be murdered because people yeah. are not happy with me. People that don't like consistent. to listen to me talk, right? That would that so, would be consistent. Yeah. But there's something there. I'm a person that yeah. has the same rights. So you can't murder me. And these are people um, that are made in the image of God that have a transcendent meaning. And you don't get to tell them, tell tell that little thing in the womb there that they're not a human. You don't get to, we don't create that. That's something given and granted in the Constitution from, that's an a priori thing. So you can't even do that. And it sounds like you can't even do that in Kansas.
3: Yeah, I just wanted to make a note as to why we so vigorously oppose this amendment. Because you'll yes, notice thank in you. the United states, um, abolitionists will oppose pro-life legislation, but they probably won't like run a whole campaign against it like we basically did. I mean, all of our efforts this year went against it. And the reason why is this wasn't just a neutral pro-life uh, bill that they typically pass and it may or support it may or may not pass. This, because it was a change to the Constitution, would have prohibited any future abolition bill. Now, yeah. there's some, you know, we've had different lawyers on both sides of that agree or disagree with us. The reason I say that is because if you go off of what the voting record of the state Supreme Court is – we know that they're not going to support anything uh, abolition ones that we do. We're going to, have to de- we're going to have to defy them, or we're going to have to get abolitionist judges in somehow. It's unlikely, but we're working on voting out the, the, the ones that are uh, at least pro-murder. And so this constitutional amendment would say that you have a right to regulate something, some, your, your abortion.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: There is no example anybody can give of me where the government willingly gives up its right to any type of power, and that's what this yeah. would do. Right. So we're expanding the government. I mean, just just on a small government basis, there's no reason any conservative should have supported this. This year, they're giving the government the constitutional authority now, which has ever had to protect the abortion industry, because the abortion industry must exist in some capacity for it to be regulated. And so now mm-hmm. we can't take that away. That's what we would do with an abolition bill. We'd have to remove the value of the Both Amendment. And that's – I mean we'd have to go back through this entire process all over again. It's taken four years to get this, and this has been a bipartisan bill. So we're not going to be able to go back through the people and redo this process. Our only shot at doing something that is equal justice and so honoring to God but yet still strategically viable would be to have a traditional bill pass the House, the Senate, and hopefully get veto proof or get a good governor in there who would also sign it. That's our best bet if we had to go back through and go around the value of the both amendment. It'd be – I mean it would take an equal-sized campaign, and this is a $15 million campaign just on the pro-life side. I mean the numbers are still coming in on some of this, and it's staggering, the tens of millions of dollars that went into this campaign. We don't have that. We don't We don't need that kind of money. That's not our point. We have God. But I'm not going to throw more roadblocks in our way to do what is right. right. And so yeah. right now, I mean, this would have been an evil bill in of itself to gratify our constitution and do so. But it also would have hindered abolition in the future. There's, there's a way – You could argue from any other perspective, all of the campaign material for it, every square inch of what is used to promote the value of the both amendment was used to promote only reasonable restrictions or bipartisan restrictions on abortion. They stated unequivocally. Right. We had to get them on record. We had to force Kansas for life's hands saying, hey, you guys are saying that you don't want to ban abortion. And they had to come out and say it in a few ways. They wouldn't do it as publicly as we hoped they would. But it was very clear. Right. They said that the, 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 the state rally, Kim Borchers, the spokesperson, said that this is not about abolishing abortion, but the value of both amendments only goal is to enact reasonable restrictions on abortion. Right. So you have mm-hmm. their own testimony that could be used in court saying, hey, the intended purpose of this bill was never to allow for abolition. And so mm-hmm. you're giving the, the pro-life movement itself would be giving a future Supreme Court all the ammunition it would need, plus of every, everything it could ever want. To try to throw out an abolition bill, yeah. and so I mean, just why throw that many hurdles in the future for something that also? I mean, the idea here was that we could restrict abortion a little bit. If Kansas flips, right now we're we're kind of we're a pro or a Republican majority, but we're not that much of a majority. And we flip like Colorado did, we'd be a we'd be a huge Democrat majority. And now this same constitutional amendment could be used to protect abortion laws up to or past birth. There's nothing in there stating when, how, where, or why the, the yeah. line is, even on an mm-hmm. incremental level. So it could be used to constitutionally protect an afterbirth
1: abortion law. And that oh, yeah. is what the president of the Southern Baptist Convention was advocating for.
0: yeah, and so here we go. here yeah. we go. here's here's the here's the thing. He says, and we have not been silent on the legal front. We have supported legislators and legislation from the state to state with the goal from the very beginning to accomplish one thing, the end of, abortion and what is the clear statement from the value of them both it's to not legally end it.
2: Yeah. so yeah. again you cannot you yeah. cannot end abortion without criminalizing it you, yeah. that is the only way you can abolish anything is to make yeah. it criminal yeah.
0: yep and then uh, does god like entrapment yeah. No, he does not like entrapment. So why are you going to then regulate abortion to then produce abortionists that you're then going to only go after? So you're actually putting them in a position to be like, hey, you said it's legal for me to work. Now that you're going to come and find me and put me well, in jail, yeah, that's and called and entrapment. Said, so it's going to lead. We, yeah.
2: As we as we said earlier, though, even if you did criminalize it against the abortionist or any co-conspirators, but to allow the exemption for the mother herself would yeah. just promulgate more um, mm-hmm. do-it-yourself abortions through abortifacient drugs which is exploding now mm-hmm. um, across mm-hmm. the globe so
0: yep yep so i mean there's, there, again it makes a big mess and uh sin is going to snowball and snowball and so we can we can think of all day um things that pro-life commitments can produce if you write them into law. And the thing is, is just again, for clarification's sake, why the value of them both thing was, was evil. uh, It wasn't just a court decision that you can ignore. This was rewriting the constitution. This is a big deal. And so if we were allowing, if, if Kansas was wanting to allow the rewriting of the constitution and the bill of rights, you know, that, that's more than just a Roe uh, court decision. That's more than just the court decision that they were trying to go against. It's like, it's a court decision. You ignore it. That's what we've been saying as abolitionists or with Roe. You could have done it in Kansas. Um, and that's why abolitionists were against this because you can't ignore something that's going to rewrite. Your constitution. You can ignore a court case, you can't ignore that. And so, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully we can send this thing to Bart and he'll listen to it. I know it's a long show; it's probably a too long, didn't read kind of a situation for him. But we hope that somebody can get this to him. So, if you know Bart Barber and you know that you can persuade him to watch an episode, um, yes, we've been passionate, and I know it can come off uh, in a in a in a wrong way, interpreted wrong way. We're not here to do that. We do not want see the SBC sink Bart we do not want to see you fail and falter Um, we do not glory in that we glory in the truth we and that's why we do what we do but if you are this if you are slanderous against us like this um, this is why that I posted your I plagiarized you just like a southern baptist would and I used your words against you because no what you tweeted about dusty Devers and everybody else is slander Mm-hmm. So, this is the lowest point. This was an ugly, ugly, ugly thread. This is the most, this is the grossest thing I think. I, I, I saw a lot of gross things in in Anaheim. This is grosser. Mm-hmm. And so, no, I, you mean, know, this it's is, this is to know horrible.
3: That, the, that all the abolitionist pastors who've been involved in these remarks they've made towards us, um, they've, they've reached out to him, um, at least in some capacity, to try to engage him privately yeah. or to invite him to debate or something in some case. And so you know, we, we, we want to have these conversations. Um, we're not trying to just throw, throw jabs at everybody. Um, I've, I mean, I, I'm a leader of our ministry, and we're, we're the leading organization here in Kansas. I have stated every time I can to someone, let us know. We can come on board with you. We can have a public debate or forum or something. We will. When I had the, the town hall meeting in Leavenworth with the two uh, pro-life legislators, we actually we invited six representatives, six staff members from Kansas for Life to come and speak offer their side who are paid people to campaign for the value of the both amendment and every one of them turned us down. So mm-hmm. we have been as, as generous as we can and curious as we can to try to engage in these conversations in a civil way. And we just asked that that would be respected on the other side that we would all have these types of engagements. Um, these things don't have to happen this way. This doesn't have to be a Twitter fight. Certainly shouldn't, shouldn't be among brethren of the same denomination yeah. and pastors, um, but you've made it public and we'll make it public. Um, and, and your actions matter. And if, mm-hmm. if Brent Leatherwood is going to sign open letters saying we're going to kill abolition bills, and that's their intended purpose, and that's what they do, uh, we're going to call you out on it. Um, mm-hmm. And, that, and it, that doesn't mean this can't be reconciled. Uh, that's why yep. the mantra, repent with us. Repent, We've repent been with position. us. Yeah. And it's
0: and one I of those things, to... don't run away, yeah. because what are you teaching? Especially as a pastor of your church and as an SBC president, you're teaching that you can run. But Christians teach that we deal with our consequences, that, that ideas have consequences, that actions have consequences, and that we have to accept them. Even Paul said, if I have done anything worthy of death, go for it. He told that to Rome. He was standing yep. in front of him, If I've done anything, I will accept the consequences. So Paul wasn't running away from consequences. He said, if there's anything you found, I'll go for it. You do it to no, me. So we need uh, the same... The same thing this is biblical we need to accept things that we put out there because God's going to judge us by it too we get it too but we are also called to look at each other and 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 rebuke one another and reprove one another because we love one another and to reconcile we've got the the ministry of reconciliation here and it's abolition that truly can reconcile women um, bring women and their babies uh, because when the babies grow up and find out you really but you were saved, and you and, and you saved me, and just the glorious picture of the gospel that we are not showing to the world, um, doing this this crass, secular, political stuff.
2: You know, I was. Um, the Bible says, "Rejoice in the Lord always," and He repeats Himself. I say mm-hmm. again, "Rejoice in the Lord always," mm-hmm. and so I'm praying before I went out to the mill last week, and just how can we make sense of this. And it just occurred to me, and I I kind of tweeted it out, shouted it out to uh, the ministry team there. Um, we can rejoice in this because you know God can take a crooked stick like this Twitter fight, and and hit a straight a straight blow. That's right. And mm-hmm. I think the fact that it is the president of the SBC, we can look at God and thank Him for His providence and His sovereignty over all these things. And I said, you know, it's amplifying the faithful voices mm. like Jared, your your podcast, your listeners are hearing more about this because it is the Southern Baptist Convention president. Yeah. And all yeah. of the other faithful brothers out there that whose whose replies, if it was Joe Schmo, probably wouldn't have gotten as much play as they're gonna get. And so we we mm. can rejoice because more people will hear it. And I think um and i you know I've, I've seen a lot of chains and whatnot you know no one has any reason to doubt um barber and his love for the lord and that he believes right. the bible that's right and now maybe he'll look at it a little closer and then can use that bully pulpit to um, speak the truth in love mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right.
3: yeah read the article he posted of us i'd love to hear what actual critiques he has of that we've spent over a year developing all of our positions on the value the both amendment and our advocacy for the mm-hmm. Kansas abortion ban. Uh, this isn't something we just thrown together overnight um, right. yes. and myself and my fellow leaders of aim and, and then you guys, you know, we're not here just to throw things around quickly. We're, we're dealing with real issues and uh, we're very, very careful about making sure that uh, especially when we get to political things, we don't have any outside pressure. There, there is no one. We're a ministry accountable to our church. We're at Southern Baptist church. And, and there's nobody else that has any type of actual influence on any decision we make. And, uh, and our elders are there to oversee everything we do and, and put out. And we've done that intentionally. I've been very, very intentional in doing that and helping other churches do that to ensure that when we post something out there, uh, we've thought through this as much as we possibly can. We've prayed over it. We've read scripture over it. And so if you have challenges to it, I accept those challenges, even though the value the both moments is dead. Um, it's not the only time yeah. somebody has come up and more importantly uh just because in the past doesn't mean that we couldn't have made a mistake and be corrected on it but you have to engage with actually going on uh yeah. not just throw something out there so engage with what we're writing about engage with what we're saying um i, I don't expect barbara to reach out to me if there's other pastors i hope you can see first um but if there's anybody else who has questions about this reach out to us and we'd love to love to talk to you about it
1: well guys yes. thank you so much for your time i really appreciate sorry we went a little long but uh Brothers, I'm so grateful for you jumping up and being willing to come on. uh, Both Stu Mm -hmm. and Jared, I appreciate your quick response. Adam, I'm so glad that you're on today too. You did. Hey, I was happy. I was not going to make it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I had a little family weekend that I didn't know how late I was going to get in and we got uh, back early enough and I had time and I did not want to miss you guys. I am so happy um, to finally uh, sit down um, with you guys because I know Jared, I think last time Dave got to be with you guys and I didn't. And so I'm like, man, this is twice. I can't hang out with the Kansans. (laughs) So now I get to hang out with you guys. So it was wonderful. Guys, you keep on uh, just keep on doing your mission. Um, You honor Jesus. You don't honor men okay and that's the same thing that i have to um constantly remind myself if i'm faithful uh, jesus calls me faithful and he's the one that matters um when everybody else wants to uh just you know accuse 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 this is the spirit of of satan this is the diablos that we need to make sure we're not listening to we're li- we got to listen to christ um our conscience is su- sealed to the word and this is our like our Luther, we can't recant. Moment, um, we cannot do this. And so, guys, continue um, praying for you guys, and just pray for Missouri as well, um, and pray for—I mean, but all the states have people that are doing this, and so we need to pray for them and uh, pray for again, as Paul said, pray for kings, you know, pray for all people in authority, because uh, God is saving all kinds of people. He wants kings to come in and bring their glory into it, the kingdom, and uh, you know, as as they don't lose their glory, they come to the kingdom with their glory. And then they end up uh, again. The gospel is just going to be awesome in the end. And so, yes, I am bringing my eschatology into it, but I can't help it because it's glorious anyway. So, but yes, uh, I don't know if there's any sort of last comments anybody wants to say.
2: Jesus is king.
0: Yes, Christ is king. Awesome. Yes. And thank you guys for taking your time to listen. Um, Subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you haven't uh, rate us on your favorite podcast app, if you haven't, because that gets stuff like this out into the ether and maybe into guys like Bart Barber's uh, cell phones in the morning or something like that. I don't know, but uh, we'll pray that God uh, does that. So with that said, Dave, you got anything? Cause you're, you're about no, ready to man, look. Okay. Are you giving good. me that? Look, I'm I still getting used just, to this thing. Uh,
1: awesome. All right. So, I'll,
0: so, I'll, so. I'll just, I'll just do it. So with that said, this is uh, the tag, your podcast. I'm Ray Ray. I'm Dave. And we have Stu All right. And with that said, with those names being mentioned, we can say it solely and Gloria.